What's going on, quitters? Welcome to another episode of Don't Quit Your Day Job. I am your host, Maxim Allen. Today is January 24th, 2021. Joe Biden is president. I feel like I took a huge emotional dump this week, and I feel a lot better. Uh, in today's episode, we have... Uh, this is our my first episode where I have two guests simultaneously, because sometimes people's projects are not always solo projects. So this is going to be uh, interesting to see how this goes. But today I have a couple of young comedian whippersnappers with me, a couple of grasshoppers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got uh, Jack Holmesley and Matthew Kuntzman. Fuck, I, I should have asked your last name before this. I never, <laughs> I, ne- I, I was like, okay, like two hours ago, I was like, okay, ask him his last name because I know I've seen it, but I forgot it. And I want to make sure I pronounce it right. And then I just totally forgot that before we started. <laughs> <laughs> it's Cutson. Cutson. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's that's good to know. Well, welcome. Thank you guys for coming on. I'm glad to have you. Glad yeah. to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. So you guys do what we talked about is called character comedy, right? Yeah. Okay. So would you can you guys give us a little bit of background on what this is? Yeah, for sure. I mean... We like to call it character comedy. Mm. Sometimes it borders like really on the line of just being sketch comedy, mm. essentially. Yeah. But yeah, basically, we'll just like write a character and then like a comedic monologue, put together a costume and perform. Mm. Yeah. We do them at like open mic places, comedy venues where people are mostly just doing stand up. Yeah. Because it's pretty much like stand up, but in character, in costume. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are like like in a very broad sense, like alt comedians. Like, I yeah. guess don't gas us up though. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. You don't get any credit. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, where can where can uh, listeners they enjoy this episode? Where can they find you guys? You got any plugs? Let's start with you, Jack. Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, we like recently made like a joint Instagram to just like put all of our kind of creations there. So uh-huh. at Matt and Jack Comedy. Okay. So. That's you got it, any solo plugs? Uh, I guess my Instagram, yeah, at jack.homesley. Okay. Give me a follow. Maddie? Yeah, uh, at Maddie underscore cuts. Okay, cool. Which is K-U-T-Z. Nice. Easy enough. All right. Yeah, I, I got the K and the Z right. I just didn't yeah. know <laughs> what was around. <laughs> awesome. So how long have you guys been doing character comedy? What's your What's your background here? We started doing this like right before COVID, I'd say. Yeah. Like about a month before, like okay. roughly February. That's when we really got started. Yeah. And then, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was that recent, wasn't it? It was like basically almost a year ago. And then COVID, we took a massive break for like kind of the first lockdown. And then mm-hmm. end of the summer, got back to New York and grinded at it for like a good couple months. So mm-hmm. we're st- we don't really have many, uh, you know, much time under our belts. But I feel like we've worked a lot at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Cool. So leading up to that point where you start this, so you guys are both NYU students right now. Yes. Right? Okay. Where are you guys from? So, Maddie, where are you from? Uh, I'm from Westchester, New York, right around the city, but not in it. Gotcha. Okay. And Jack? Yeah. I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So how'd you guys meet? Did you guys meet at NYU? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We met, like, second day of Welcome Week. Yeah. Whoa. It was, like, really random. Like, I was eating breakfast with my roommate at the time, who was just this random assignment. He's a cool guy. Uh, but then, like, Matthew just, like, sat down with us, and we started chatting, and he, Matthew, like, showed me his Twitter, and it turns out I was already following his Twitter. And I was like, what? And it turns out that Matthew and my really good friend from home went to, like, the same film camp together. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, 
they knew each other through there and my buddy showed me Matthew's Twitter and you know, I'm a huge yeah. fan. Nice. Why'd you approach him? Uh, I, <laughs> it was the, uh, I mean, it was welcome week. I yeah. figured this is the time to be making friends with people. And I'm like, all right, who can I sit down next to? Who seems approachable? I'm like, eh, these guys will do fine. Totally. I'm sure. <laughs> I guess that, that week, that like first two weeks of college was hilarious to me. Cause it was like being five years old again. It was yeah. like, do you want to be my friend? What's your major? <laughs> like literally we, my friends, like we became friends with this kid. Cause we were at a bus stop and we were joking around and this kid like 10 feet from us was laughing at our jokes. And we just started talking to him and became like good friends. Yeah. With him. It's like, <laughs> it's too easy. It's too easy out there. Yeah, and then it immediately goes back to being just the hardest thing ever to make new friends. Yeah, but yeah. For one week, everyone, <laughs> everyone is desperately trying. There was like we had my roommate made so many new friends in that two weeks, and he had them all over a lot that I was like, I cannot wait till we never talk to these people again. <laughs> like, let's shave it down, let's trim the fat here. <laughs> stick, yeah, exactly. Stick to the basics. <laughs> so, uh, how what what's your guys like comedic exposure? in your own lives like when did you guys start kind of getting into comedy stuff like jack yeah yeah so i like got into college you know uh about december of my senior year and then like all of that second semester senior year i was like oh you know i should try something more fun and like maybe not spend as much time doing school stuff so i like got into stand-up and i like performed at my school once and that went really well so i started going to like open mics around my town there were only a few but like you know it was Mm -hmm. some good times and I like started taking an improv class in my high school and then got to New York and like was really only just like in a sketch group and like going to some improv jams and taking some improv classes and kind of like on my way out with stand up first semester of college and then like, you know, met Matthew and we started doing characters like mm-hmm. that second semester. So, you know, some gotcha. experience, but, you know, not too deep. All right. And Matthew, where when did you kind of get into comedy? Uh, in late elementary school, I started watching SNL, and then throughout middle school, I would just I just kind of thought, okay, my goal for you know when I grow up, I want to be on SNL. Wow, you guys do have SNL energy. Oh, thank and you. I mean that as like a compliment and a backhanded compliment. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> you guys aren't Mad TV energy; you're SNL energy. Ah, you know? okay. yeah. Maybe this, this is honestly like another political compass kind of thing. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> that you do to Alex. Like, are you more Mad TV, more SNL? That's more, a good yeah. one. I'll have to. I'll yeah. have to pitch that to him. Yeah. I like that. The next one we're going to do is uh, political ideologies, skin skin care versus gunplay. That's like, pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, check out twitch.tv slash guy if you want to see some political compass action. But that's that's a plug for me. Anyway, <laughs> so, Matthew, you, you kind of get into SNL. You're like, I want to do this when I grow up. Yeah. And then um, so I sort of spend a lot of like middle school being like all right i'm like researching like how do people get onto snl i'm trying to learn mm-hmm. impressions and things like that as a middle schooler all the ones i tried <laughs> to learn voice then is developed yeah so like now i can't do any of the ones i was really trying to do then yeah uh and then in freshman year of uh high school i met someone i made friends with someone who also wanted to be a comedian and we went into the city at like new york comedy club oh boy to do like an open mic like midday mm-hmm. i feel like it was like it was some like, like uh, a Saturday, it was like a state PM. holiday or something. Oh, so okay. no one was there. It was <laughs> us and like three other comedians. I all things considered, I think I did pretty well. And then I thought, all right. And then I didn't touch comedy again for like three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So before you started, uh, before you guys met each other, were you doing like open mics and stuff, or what, what was your kind of comedy involvement? Or 
I not really. I kind of switched over around sophomore year of high school. I thought I don't really want to do comedy. I want to do like filmmaking. That's yeah, sort of yeah. my main interest. And I kind of went all in on that. Mm-hmm. Now I'm a film major at NYU. And now I'm kind of back to wanting to do comedies. So. Right. Well, I think those two like go hand in hand, you know, yeah. just like like theater majors and film majors often have huge crossover to like, yeah. stand comedy. But that's cool, though. I also feel like um, going to an open mic as a as a high school sophomore, <laughs> I couldn't do it. I I would shit my pants. <laughs> yeah, it was very uh, it was very strange because in hindsight, it was just like a, like if a toddler walked up on stage, it kind of would yeah. have been the same thing. <laughs> Yeah, when I see like like no offense, like eighteen or nineteen year old comics up like go to open mics, I'm like, whoa, like good for you for starting so early, but also I cannot imagine <laughs> doing this. Cause like even me, like when I first started comedy, I was like, I mean, I was like twenty four and I would go to these open mics and be like, There's so many old people here. I'm like <laughs> such a kid. <laughs> so when you guys meet each other, what's kind of the um you guys just start hanging out. What was kind of the push to start doing comedy characters together? Yeah. So, like, we were just, like, you know, buds riffing, chilling. Like, we shot a sketch, you know, yeah. having, like, within a month or two of meeting each other. Okay. Yeah, we did that. And then... What was the sketch? It was uh, it was Stare People, which was based on, like, one of the first bits we had with each other that we would just always do. Mm-hmm. Walking up one of our friends' stairs to meet them. And it was just these kind of, like kind of Danny DeVito-esque troll guys that yeah. lived in stairways of buildings. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, we got like really greasy with Vaseline and put on trash bags and just shot this really fun like we also, interaction. We shot it in like an NYU building in like the back <laughs> stairway hoping people wouldn't pass through as we just basically we were in like trash bags and underwear covered in Vaseline. And we're like, well, hopefully not too many, not too much foot traffic. Luckily there wasn't. <laughs> yeah. I love that like shamelessness of it. Like, oh yeah. At that age, you could not pay me to do that. I'd be like, no, someone's <laughs> gonna see me. My reputation is gonna be ruined. I'm gonna be greasy trash bag guy forever. <laughs> <laughs> so you shoot a sketch and then it kind of develops into doing characters, or is there like a huge like time window there? I think there's a time window. It's uh it was like winter break of our freshman year. We both got into doing like um or we we both I think it was I don't know if it was both of us. I got pretty into watching like UCB characters welcome on YouTube yeah, during okay. that time. And like Eric Ferrer, I think that's how his name is pronounced. He was kind of a big early inspiration of just like he's just monologuing as a character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And his stuff is like so involved and like really intense and like high concept. And so we were like, dang, we should really try doing characters. Like we wrote a sketch. And then I remember meeting like Alex, you know, in our improv class and I saw like a thing for squatters and I'm like, dude, we should just go and do characters. And Mm -hmm. I like assumed there were going to be more people doing characters and like weird stuff. And so I'm like, (laughs) oh, this will be great. And like it was like just really us doing characters. but It was still so fun. And then ever since then, we kind of got hooked. Mm -hmm. Um, What was the first character? Um, You know, the first two we did, the first one i did was uh the cigarette man okay did did you do a character that time maddie or yeah, sort of it was the you know what it was uh it was uh stand stand-up comedy comedian with no short-term memory that oh. was sort of the bit <laughs> with that one so i went up and okay. i was just kind of like i figured nobody there knew me so i could get away with just being like hi guys this is my first time doing stand-up yeah and i tell like two jokes real nervously and then i go uh i'm sorry i forgot the jokes and i start like unrolling my sleeves 
Mm-hmm. There's like memento style tattoos everywhere. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I, I missed the first two costume or character sets you guys did. Yeah. I saw the yeah. video of Monsieur Cigarette, but I didn't know if you did one that first time. Yeah, yeah. So what was it what was it like doing the characters the first time in a almost entirely stand up comedy environment? Um, I feel like it was awesome just because, you know, it was like a squatter's mic and I feel like everyone there was so supportive. Yeah. So we got lucky in that sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then like again and again, like the first three times we did characters that first semester, we were starting to do it. Like every show kind of went pretty well. Yeah. Um, so we were like low key, so lucky in that sense and that it wasn't really too brutal for us Mm -hmm. in the beginning. Yeah. Very supportive way to start doing comedy. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. But also the first time. There was definitely a lot of like uh, a lot of kinks that had to be ironed out mm-hmm. for that first character. I was, you know, removing layers of clothing. So by the end, I had my shirt off, everything like that. You know, <laughs> things written everywhere. Uh, during the first performance, I took my shirt off and kind of threw it behind me and it landed on an electrical socket. And there was a big spark. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. And so just oh for gosh. a minute after that, people were just kind of talking to each other while I was trying to perform. So oh. like, oh, did you hear the, oh, there's the spark. Oh, what was that? Is there going to be a fire? Jesus Christ. You just burned down someone's apartment that you don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> like, almost. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Oh, sorry about that. He was like, yeah, no, it was cool. It was, uh, that was our fault. I'm like, yeah, it probably was, but, uh, I still feel, you know, Oh I would gosh. definitely be responsible if your place burned down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So first kink to be ironed out is no electrical fires, right? Yeah. yeah. We had we had discussed putting an electrical fire into our uh, one of our other sets, and then we thought, let's play it safe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about you, Jack? What did you kind of learn from the first performance? The first performance, I realized that like for whatever reason, I wanted this character to have like a pretend mustache, but one minute of talking, it just fell off immediately. So I don't think we've really done a mustache since. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's probably my biggest takeaway. In addition to just like, man, there's sometimes when you're up there and you can like really get in the flow. Yeah. And then there are other times when you're just like, (laughs) you know, like, and and I like, uh, luckily didn't really have that sort of second scenario. Yeah. But, I think being up there performing made me realize how easy it is to like maybe just barely fall into that. Yeah, it's it's tricky. Even like just doing stand up, stand up is like you do it ever like you do it because you're compelled to do it. Yeah. But then there's certain days where you don't necessarily feel funny or like in the zone, and you still do it anyway. And you go up there and you just shit the bed, and you're like, meh, no well. Like yeah. it's, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you uh what? What was the uh choice like how what was the brainstorming process like for your first characters? When you guys were just like watching these UCB videos and you guys were like, We're doing a character set. That's what we're gonna do. Is that kind of how it happened? It was so weird. It felt like kind of natural as we were beginning to plan things, right? As so yeah. stuff came together. You you sort of already had a you sort of you had a lot of uh Monsieur Cigarette already written, right? Yeah, I think I got bored over that break and like low key wrote a good amount of it um but the initial brainstorming for that character like wasn't so much like oh let's sit down and write a character like mm-hmm. we were just ri- like we were walking one time and saw like a pile of cigarettes and we're like oh like he what would that be like if that were you know <laughs> came to life yeah <laughs> and, a man made of them and so but then like once we had that we were like okay we need another character for this show and then that's when we really started brainstorming and really kind of came up with like memento man as a character and then yeah. we sort of retired that but like it low-key came full circle 
Uh, yeah, with one of the more uh, recent characters, which was the mm-hmm. uh, hot dog vendor interrupting the stand-up. We kind of oh, we were writing I that. Seen that one yet. Uh, <laughs> we sort of wrote that as a, a semi a thematic sequel yeah. to okay. uh, to Memento Man because that one was me doing stand-up after now also kind of being more used to the stand-up scene, things like that. Yeah. And then he interrupts as a hot dog vendor. <laughs> That's the whole thing. Like, you're playing yourself. Yeah. And he's just a yelling hot dog vendor. Well, we have, like, an interaction, you know? So, like, it's, it's literally, like, a minute of him doing stand-up. And I remember just some people being like, why is Matthew, like, doing stand-up? I thought he's, like, purely characters. And then after, like, a minute <laughs> of jokes, I rush in and I'm like, hot dogs for sale! And, like... Then he starts talking to me and I start talking to him and we get in this argument and it's just like a whole scene at that point. So <laughs> yeah. that's amazing. I, I really like I like that. And I like the um the foreskin and foreskin hunter bit because <laughs> I like the the crossover between audience and performer. Even though you guys are performing, it feels like when you're coming to see stand up comedy, you're watching something happen just on stage. But then when you guys do your thing and like one of you is in the crowd doing a bit or doing a character one of you is on stage, it kind of like blurs that line. Especially yeah. if people don't know what's about to happen. It's like, yeah. like the first time if you see like the foreskin, foreskin hunter, it's like, okay, here's a foreskin making penis jokes. Here's the next guy making foreskin hunting jokes. And yeah. it's like, oh wait, there's a, they play off each other mid set, which I think is so cool. It's so fun. Oh, thank you. So how, how many times have you done the, the hot dog stand guy? um two three times yeah probably two or three times really like only one good time at like an actual like solid mic that was okay. like not just come like there was and some audience there yeah. uh we did like uh we did one mic and we also did one of uh zach's rooftop shows okay yeah but that was a that was a fun one that was our first time trying it and that was uh like very windy day uh jack's costume was kind of flying everywhere yeah it was like beginning <laughs> yeah. to get cold you know end of october like oh yeah yeah it was rough on that roof but it was still so fun and and mm-hmm. i thought it went really well like definitely a fun time it was i remember during that specific performance it was the uh the level of windiness where there were just tears streaking right out of my oh eyes my the whole time. <laughs> and it's like there were lines that we we sort of saved it but there were lines that we kind of mixed up as we were performing it for the first time it's like they're gonna think i'm crying because i messed up <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that would that would be embarrassing yeah. so funny. it's like oh I'm, I'm sorry guys i messed that oh oh god and also like ob- <laughs> so Don't low stakes at- too <laughs> yeah nobody look at me <laughs> and like since we need so much prep because there's like costumes involved usually we'll like talk to the host and be like hey can you like maybe let us know maybe one before we're about to go up and mm-hmm. so you know zach i think this was that anyway so zach was just like you know oh you know y'all are up in two people and so we're just standing there getting the costumes ready and then the host is like up next matthew cutson and so matthew's like oh my god like we're going right now so matthew runs up starts doing his stand-up like i hastily put on all the crap and get it together because like (laughs) which is i have like a whole cot like i have like a uh a hot dog tray that I'm carrying yeah. and like hot dog like and, and like pinstripe. We also had a Tupperware filled with actual hot dogs for us to put in there <laughs> because part of the, part of the performance is him eating them while trying to sell them. Oh, okay. So yeah. like we needed real hot dogs in that thing. Oh wow. It's like all right, that's in a separate Tupperware. So while I'm performing for only like 1 minute, Jack needs to get the whole costume on, get the hot dogs out of there, throw them in the thing. <laughs> get right up there. Yo, hot dogs who wants a hot dog yeah wow. go right in see that like honestly when i like see you guys perform at a mic or a show or whatever i feel like the moment before you guys perform where you're getting costume on costumes on also gives me anxiety because i just <laughs> know the prep you guys have to do and i'm like oh 
if they're next and now they're getting their stuff on. But what if the comedian on stage is like, eh, I'll give my time back to the room. And then you guys are just caught with your literally your pants down. Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like that's something like that has happened before. I'm pretty oh, sure. Definitely. There have been many times where we have to like low key just somehow finesse it due to yeah. like misunderstandings of time. Wrong. Yeah. There was one of these performances we did in Central Park. I know. Mm. I think it was maybe our first show we got onto. And uh, it was for it was foreskin versus foreskin hunters. So yeah, he's going up, and while he's up, I'm trying to change. And I forget what it was, but I think I needed to in the bag where we were carrying everything. Uh, Jack had changed previously, and I was still in the audience, and I couldn't find the bag with my props in it. Oh, <laughs> so I was just wandering around while he was performing, trying to like kind of lock eyes with him and see if he could maybe like point his head a little bit as to where the backpack could have been. <laughs> oh my gosh! And so it was right when he got off stage. He walked to the backpack. I'm like, all right, run to it, grab the thing, put the thing in my head, mm-hmm. and go. So, in terms of costumes, is there like, is there a cost of all the characters you do? So, you guys have so many. I feel like, I actually, before we do this, we should go do a quick checklist for the, the listeners. What are all the characters you guys okay, have done? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, we should, got, we, should, uh, we should probably go in order. I feel like we'll be able to remember it better if we, yeah. you know. So, like, the Memento Man, we don't really do him anymore. We've got the Foreskin and the Foreskin Hunter. Oh, yeah. sorry, Cigarette Man. What's your cigarette? We've got uh, the Lighthouse Keeper. Mm-hmm. We have a character we've only done once, but I'd love to bring back eventually, which yeah. is Dr. Met. Yeah. Um, who is uh, M- Mr. Met's son, who didn't go into the family business of mascotting okay. and instead just became a doctor. <laughs> yeah, he has a baseball for a head. It's some good stuff. <laughs> but, he, but he's still just a physician. He's yeah. an oncologist. Um, then we also have uh, these sort of like... That's, yeah, we call them the sex men, but they're more just like they're, music man type salesmen. They're like where, vaudeville kind of characters. Exactly. Yeah, vaudeville yeah. guys, but they're trying to sell like old timey 1910s sex toys. Mm. Yeah, so that was fun, kind of making those props and thinking of like silly things. We have uh, Mike Modem, yeah, who's a man from the future. Okay, yeah, then, uh, Rat Man, rat yeah, man. Like half man, half rat. Yep. Um, <laughs> I love Ratman. Ratman's pretty good, dude. We should do yeah. that. We have hot dog vendor. Mm. It's a vendor. Anything we've yeah, dude. We've got those. We have these two characters that we purely wrote for hosting, and yeah, and we were set to host sometime, and then it kind of got. I think when the cases spiked, we didn't get to perform them. Uh, yeah. So right now they're just laying in wait, and like we did so much prep for these characters. What are they? They uh, are yeah yeah. Let's, let's yeah, do it. Ahead. Um, they're supposed to be like uh like 70s tv like variety show hosts okay so one of them is like a like a former borscht belt comedian from the 50s who now in the 70s he's on the older side a little boozier Mm -hmm. yeah and so my guy is more of like a west coast counterpart to that like a younger hollywood 70s type like you know spray tanned out like (laughs) here to host and and so they're kind of just like two of these guys who are like made to just dual host maybe you know it's okay. it's pretty funny I, cool. I think you guys would enjoy i i can't wait to see it sometime it's like you gotta let me know if you end up hosting a show because i will totally yeah. go see that so of of all those characters which costume is the worst That's i feel like question. i feel like we used to think it was Ratman, and then you did it a second time and said oh this wasn't as bad as like yeah yeah like i actually I think well, well when you say worse, do you mean just like quality wise or like getting okay. on and annoying to like carry around and we'll like... do we'll do categories then. Okay. okay. First yeah. category is like most most put on time, like most prep time. Oh wow. I, f- I feel like it's the foreskin costume, right? Because we designed it to be kind of like that that was our first time really making a costume. That's not true. Once your cigarette was. 
but my first time really contributing because he kind of made the monster cigarette yeah. costume solo we like i'd like wrap fabric around him it we was were a lot doing a lot of like i don't know we don't know anything about like you know sewing or you yeah know, so that, that kind of stuff <laughs> yeah. so we like we bought a roll of like i think it was curtain fabric right it was it, we just like got I think it was bed sheets, honestly. Oh, it was bed sheets. Like, and like, I stapled them around you. We had the base of like a crayon costume. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I got like a pink beanie. <laughs> I wore so my face. Yeah. So that one's like the hardest to put on. Well, it's, it's, it's pretty hard to put on. I would say kind of like tight. Just yeah. the exact right. Shape. It's always ripping and stuff. However, now that we have these like host characters, they low key like need some makeup and stuff too. Yeah. We're doing, we have like, we're doing bronzer. We're putting, uh, <laughs> We're putting, um, was it baby powder in our hair to gray it up a bit? Oh like, my God. yeah, there's our... a lot more prep. But I mean, at least, at least if you're hosting a show, yeah, you don't, you're not yeah. preparing in the five minutes of before course, you go out. So. Yeah, but um, so I imagine that won't be as difficult. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like part of you know this entire process is like after each time we you know perform in a costume, it there usually is some like wear and tear, low key, yeah, and we have to like kind of be keeping with it and like repairing Mm -hmm. and so that's like a whole other factor that goes into it as well i feel like the one we're always repairing the most is uh mike modem yeah that was also our most cheaply thrown together costume because it's just like a bunch of circuit boards and like a sport coat right it's a it's a it's an overcoat with just like four wires attached to it and like a taped on calculator on the arm okay (laughs) and like glasses with this like laser pointer taped to it yeah and so that's just constant repair partially because i think we bought the jacket for the sole purpose of this uh, costume, and I kind of, I don't know, I was like, oh, I don't want to glue things to this jacket, it's too nice. Yeah. But I only <laughs> use it, I think we're at the point now, like, I should just, we should just glue things onto it, like, it's, yeah. I'm never going to use this jacket for anything else. Yeah. But I was like, all right, we'll tape it on, we'll tape it on, and things, everything's just falling off every single performance we have yeah. to oh, this thing. Yeah. <laughs> so... You're only you've got like I mean we probably counted out probably like eight characters yeah, total you guys have something like that. Have you have you learned anything about costume design going through this process? Like for your needs, have you been? Do you like like for the hot dog vendor like a, a recent one? Did you guys design that costume with okay? How do we streamline putting this on? Or are you guys just like whatever the costume is, we're we're gonna make it work? It's definitely more yeah, the latter. Definitely the latter. Like, <laughs> like as difficult as it could possibly be, we'll yeah, go for it. It's always it's yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It's never like practicality. It's always just what is how much spectacle can we throw in and like figure it out. That's why we do things with like 10 props. Yeah. Like the um, the salesman, the Mm -hmm. uh, the sex men, whatever. They have like so many props. That is the you know, that may be the worst one, actually, speaking of. Yeah, because the costumes themselves are pretty simple. But the amount of props, I think it's something like. 10 props total. Yeah, yeah. We're carrying so many little things and pulling them out of places at like the right time. And literally there's like this one there's joke. An effect in it. There's like <laughs> a joke where like there's just like involved or some tubing and balloons with baking soda and yeah. vinegar and like a whole deal that I won't really get into or spoil. But like that takes a lot of time <laughs> just to like, you know, set up each time. And last time we performed it, like that almost didn't really work, like that contraption. So always looking to improve and like streamline the effect as you are saying but. yeah we also we like designed multiple fake sex toys yeah we, that set starts with me like throwing up applesauce we have multiple other props that just get like tossed out yeah randomly like it's so involved and i don't i don't think that was ever something where we thought like oh is this too much until we really started doing it yeah. like putting it together and then we go oh this is way too much yeah. let's do wow. it <laughs> 
So does that one take the cake on most design time and like most effort to put together? I'd say that, and also um, design time. I have to mention uh, Doctor Met. Okay, yeah, because that we we bought a beach ball and paper mache it, and then Uh-oh. painted it. And I don't think that was. I don't think either of us have much arts and crafts experience before that. Mm-hmm. So wow. that was very like, all that's, right, we're gonna do this. We're just that's gonna... pretty cool. Yeah, I think also going back to what you were saying earlier about learning about the costumes and stuff. Like one thing I've totally learned is that hot glue will just work with anything, basically. Like, <laughs> if glue, will, you can just figure it out, honestly. Have you watched RuPaul's Drag Race? Anytime they're, like, in a pinch to design something, they're like, just hot glue, <laughs> just hot glue everything. <laughs> also, I love the idea of, like, what's funny about this as a hobby, being college age, is, like, what, I, what was I doing in college at your age? I was literally just smoking weed all the time and playing video games and, like, just chilling with people. And I'm just... <laughs> The, the idea of two like 18 19 year olds just like in a dorm room paper macheing a beach ball yeah. for fun is insane <laughs> well that was also really funny because we weren't living together at that time we now uh live in the dorm together but at that time he had another roommate so mm-hmm. in his dorm there would just be people like entering and leaving and we'd just be there like <laughs> the painting a beach ball and it's like hey man what's up we go back to painting the beach ball or like i'd be wrapping him in fabric and some someone would enter and be like hey, hey man how yeah <laughs> And I like at that time, I also lived like right next to like the lounge sort of in my dorm. So like yeah. often we would just be like going in and out of there to like grab whatever supplies or like water and stuff mm-hmm. and like Loki be in like semi costume at that point, just going out and like it, it was just <laughs> so hectic. Like we were just so chaotic at that time. Like now that we have kind of like our own space, it's like much easier to just like contain all the madness yeah there was, that reminds me of we were referring to that at the time as localized chaos yeah yeah that's <laughs> yes <laughs> we would or we would localize the chaos to uh jack's dorm room and the lounge right next door and we'd localize it all right there and the people there had to feel the wrath of it but yeah. no one else in the world had to we would just be like laughing our asses off it's something really dumb and then people would be like can you keep it down like we're trying to watch the Oscars right now. This is like a pub- <laughs> this is like an event in the dorm. I'm like, bro, like, come on. Well, that Oscars <laughs> thing was also they were trying to watch the Oscars, and we were like, just kind of quietly on the laptop. I think at that time we were designing the YouTube channel that we now use to post all of our stuff. Mm-hmm. We were just kind of quietly working in the background. They're like, uh, excuse me, we're trying to watch the Oscars. It's like everyone here is being way louder than us. <laughs> yeah. Also. Watching the Oscars is like such an empty thing. Who gives a shit? Like yeah. you can you can just have it on with just subtitles and you're getting the same experience. Like yeah. you're not like shh. Oh, <laughs> but Eminem's find... performing. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need to find out who wins now and not tomorrow <laughs> on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> People were excited for Bong Joon Ho. I guess I get it. Yeah, that makes that sense. was pretty hype. <laughs> yeah, you gotta remember this is like an NYU dorm. So everyone there is like, oh my god, which independent film is gonna take it this year? Like, who's gonna be like the whatever? Like, and that's us as well. So yeah, yeah, we just guilty. do that in the, the privacy of our own homes. Yeah, yeah. I like, would never let someone in real life know that I care about film. Exactly. It's, it's very embarrassing. <laughs> I know, dude. No signs of weakness, dude. It's super cringe. <laughs> <laughs> Being into art is like super cringe. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Like, did you see the new A24 movie? And it's like, oh, God. (laughs) I did, but I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) It's like, so what'd you think about Avengers Endgame? You're like, what? I've literally, I don't even own a TV. (laughs) (laughs) So do you guys, do you guys perform ever at NYU with your characters? 
No. No. We haven't really, yeah, like... No. So you guys are, like, not cool and kind of ashamed. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's where I'm at. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, so, the thing with NYU comedy is, like, that it's pretty insular. Like, yeah. most of the sketch groups, like, you have to kind of have a sketch group to perform. I'm sure there are, like, open mics and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like, we'd rather go out and meet, like, actual comics. Yeah. And, like, just honestly hang out with people who are, like, Maybe a bit older, a bit more experienced, we can learn from. But like, say there, if there was an opportunity to perform at NYU, like hell yeah, I absolutely yeah. would. And like, I'm in a sketch group there, and like, you know, it's so fun performing there. But like, since of COVID, and like, it's all over Zoom now. Yeah. So because of that, like, I'm a bit less motivated to seek those opportunities. Totally. I feel like. How do you do? You guys meet people in NYU comedy, and like that are only in the NYU comedy world often. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So what's kind of the the differences between like an isolated college comedy scene versus like the greater New York city comedy scene. Oh, I I would just say like the, the thing is I feel like a lot of the college writers and performers are really good. Like they're low key, pretty solid if I'm being honest. However, like they'll only really perform at these opportunities where it's like a college, like once a month. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So there's definitely like a different level of like, how you treat it yeah in terms of like the sort of time you're putting in i feel like people who are like you know at these mics in new york city are like more inclined to actually be grinding at it and really be serious like taking it more seriously but there definitely are like similar levels of quality in terms of like decent comedy i would say among you know nyu and outside i think the the grinding thing is definitely something you learn as you kind of get more into like the scene and like before I started comedy, like I had done like stand up like once in college, just like a fluke, whatever. And like I would meet people who would try it or like do improv once and just never really try it again. But like once you get into the comedy scene, it was like yesterday. Okay. It was like 20 degrees yesterday in my backyard at my mic. People left early because they were going to another mic in Harlem, which is like a 50-minute train ride from here. And then they were going to go to another mic in Queens. And I'm like, it is winter. And you guys are going to three outdoor mics on a Saturday. Chill. (laughs) Like, we can wait till it warms up again. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But I do low-key what I've been feeling so hard since, like, COVID and the cold and everything. Mm -hmm. is like, I'm sure uh, I bet, like, so many comedians feel this way it's just like whenever i'm not like working on it part of me is just like you should be working on it you know what i mean yeah like there's always this part of me that's just like you're slacking off right now like why don't you like do work a little bit harder and so that's been really getting to me recently but then again i'm like i'm like 20 years old like you know i'm planning to be doing this for a minute like i don't want to just like make this a sprint and then quit doing it you know what i'm saying it's absolutely a marathon and like when you start i think there's that you have that fire that's like i gotta do this like I used yeah. to like when I started comedy for the first probably like eight months, every morning I would wake up and I would just be like, there's two things in my mind. It's like making new jokes and paying my student loans. Like that was like <laughs> the two things. And then after a while, when I kind of got here and like to New York City and started doing it more and being more involved in the scene, I kind of it's not like it's taken a back seat, but the process is just more drawn out yeah. and chill where it's like, OK. There's sometimes that I need to give myself a break and sometimes I need to dive into it more because like, I don't know, getting COVID twice, being in two week isolation twice is not a good environment to write jokes. It's just depressing. And then like winter, it's like, 
all these things where I'm like, lately, I'm like, okay, if I write a new joke this month, that's going to be awesome. But like, yeah. <laughs> but like when spring starts oh, and we can get back out to the rooftops yeah. and outside, I, can, I can't wait for that. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. So what is, what is your guys like? Um, so I know like before you were mostly performing at squatters, Mike, for like kind of like the private kind of friends audience yeah. type thing. What was it like kind of getting more into the broader New York comedy scene? Yeah. So we basically like over the entire first lockdown only wrote like one kind of set of characters. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was back home and, you know, so was Matthew. So we kind of came back starting this previous semester thinking like we want to get more involved and like kind mm-hmm. of branch yeah. out and do more mics and stuff. So we come back and we did y'all's wobbly ladder the first time we yeah. came back and like basically just bombed. And we're like, now we want to keep doing more and more. Like, <laughs> yeah. like it, it was, it was just like, like we yeah. need to get this one right. Yeah. It was the, uh, it was the same thing with the, uh, it was the sex toy salesman. Yeah. We got up there and we had like, you know, a million props and we we're like, all right, we're prepared. We're ready. And we got up and go, I, 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 um, and then that, <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, since then we were like, we need to be able to like hold our own at these stand up mics mm-hmm. and like actually be tougher, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But because I kind of presented a challenge, like I, I, I felt so on board to kind of tackle it. And, mm, like, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a good time. I feel like just really starting to like get our feet even more wide. Cause before this semester, we only really performed three times in the span mm-hmm. of like two months, maybe. And then like, the first week we were back, we already performed more than like, you know, three times. So nice. it was like a, yeah. a, a, a kind of this what we exponential needed. Exponential. Yeah. Increase. That's awesome. So what, uh, what are the, what are the specific challenges with getting more into like the stand up scene that you have with like your performance? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The challenges of getting more into the stand up scene, I guess like, uh, I imagine to some extent, I, I that's a tough one. I feel like maybe being, taken kind of seriously by certain people Mm -hmm. within the scene because there are definitely i feel like people have been pretty nice to us but there are definitely uh times where we'll see other comedians kind of side eye us or just be like what are they doing and like you know mm -hmm. you you have to put on a costume like yeah i can make people laugh just by speaking Yeah. yeah there's definitely that sense of like why do you guys need all this bullshit? Like, I, you should just be able to go up there, tell some jokes, make some people laugh. Be yourself. And like, like I, I, part of me gets that, right? But at the yeah. same time, I'm like, we're not really do, we're not, we're not trying to do that. It's like, a different skill. It's like yeah. a different, it's a whole other thing. And like, we did this one mic, like, and, and like, you know, we did the foreskin thing and there were people who were like, oh, what is this? Like, improv, the yes sanding? Like, what are they doing? Like, yeah. what is this? Like, that was also, and- that was our one New Jersey mic we went to. <laughs> it was very funny. Yeah, we took the path train and oh, was- fucking alternative comedy over here. Yeah, like, what, what is this bullshit? Like, but it was, it was still really fun going. Like, I had a fun time and like, yeah. but I, I also think even though that is sort of like one thing that's taken to getting used to i do feel like everyone's been pretty supportive mm, most of the yeah. part like it hasn't been that big of a deal at least i felt like except for a few instances one thing though i feel like uh like i've had to kind of learn to adapt to is like carrying all the shit with us and then getting ready before like so yeah. what we were talking about earlier like those things I feel like I, I we still like need to get better at and really streamline. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially because there are some mics where they just pick names out of a hat. Yep. There's no yeah they, we can't they can't tell us one in advance because we don't know. So we have to like yeah maybe get the costume kind of already on. We went to this and you know what another thing I would definitely say 
is kind of tricky is like because with stand-up it's like you're either performing three five seven minutes Mm -hmm. a lot of times like our characters like we write them to be exactly five minutes roughly sometimes they go a little over yeah and so like you know we try to write them to be about five minutes so this one time we show up to this mic it's pretty far like in brooklyn from where at least we were living in manhattan so like we get there and they're like you know this is like you only have three minutes to perform Mm. and so i'm like okay i have this entire five minute character what do I what do I need to what cut out? Cut? Yeah. What can I cut out in my mind right now as I'm about to go on? And like, oh, it, man, it ended up being fine. But like, I don't know. It's it, it like stuff like that is a bit tricky where you have to really mm-hmm. adapt on something that requires a lot of planning. Yeah. Wow. I didn't, I didn't think about that one. Like that would be like tough. I think <laughs> like, yeah, Cause, especially because when you're doing these characters, there's kind of a narrative arc to your monologue. Yeah. So choosing what to cut is like. It, it it's more like cutting a scene from like a play than cutting a, like a few jokes from a set. Right. Yeah. Wow. Have have you guys thought about writing like a couple like two and a half minute characters or something? I I don't know if we've have we discussed that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean that that kind of sounds like a great idea. Like I've always been a fan of like sketches that are just like one page or like a single beat mm-hmm. and then it's over because I think that's so yeah. funny. Like if we were to just have like maybe like a one beat character that's like a really crazy ridiculous costume just for one second (laughs) that could be really funny like because i think in my mind because what you guys do is like obviously like super scripted like you're not doing improv crowd work or off top your head jokes you're just going by the script but i think there is merit to like being in person and practicing performing in front of a crowd like that's the big like grind thing is like putting yourself in front of people and make getting your performance tight and being comfortable and stuff so if you had some like two and a half minute characters then you could just be like okay if this mic is shorter maybe it's like something easy too. like okay this one is literally just a hat and like a beard or something stupid and then you can just like okay i can do the two and a half minutes work on this tight thing but also get that practice with just being in front of people yeah yeah yeah. i totally agree i feel like it kind of got to the point by you know, the beginning of this winter break, like when the second wave hit, when we were kind of like stopped doing mics, like mm. we were performing where like we were kind of doing the same characters over and over just to like obviously like, you know, get better. But like I've kind of found myself getting kind of tired of the ones that I was performing. Yeah, there was definite fatigue yeah. uh, specifically. I mean, the ones we were doing most were like we were doing the foreskin and the foreskin hunter. Yeah, it was my cigarette. And for me, it was Mike Modem. And I just like I, I feel like now maybe I'd like it more, but at a point I just hated Mike Modem. Like <laughs> I didn't want to get close to that jacket. You're yeah. like you're like John Wick. You got your Mike Modem costume, <laughs> but like buried in your garage under concrete. Yeah. And just <laughs> break it open with a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I I I feel that because like comedians, we we feel that hardcore in stand up because sometimes like my my arc is this is my cycle. Okay. I write a banger of a joke. I'm like, this rules. I love this. This is so funny. I perform it for one month, maybe on like four or five shows. And then that there's like two months after that where I'm like, fuck that joke. I never want to hear that (laughs) joke again. Then later I'll come back and see it in my notebook. I'm like, oh my God, that was so funny. Why wasn't, why don't I perform that more? But I just get sick of hearing myself say it, you know? So what's, uh, what's, do you got how many characters are you guys working on right now? Do you have any new characters you're like boiling up or Yeah. Yeah, we have a few kind of uh in the chamber that we're working on a little bit. Mm. We have like I could say probably two sets of two person characters that we have like concepts that we've been kicking around for a long time that we know we really want to do next. Nice. Do you want to 
can you share them or do you want to keep it on the DL? What I do guess. you think? I mean, I, I think yeah. we should share the VR one because it's not yeah. even written yet. It's only it's, like a premise right now. Okay. It's a premise, but it's one we've been really excited about. Yeah. And the premise is uh, that I go onto the stage in like, like a virtual reality suit, you know. Okay. Maybe like, like a mo, a, maybe like a, a mocap suit type thing. Yeah. yeah. Some sort of you know, uh, uh, helmet over the eyes. Yeah. You know, uh, little balls all over me, whatever. And I'm you know setting up a video game. I start playing, and then uh, Jack enters as like some sort of fantasy character. And we do synchronized movements through playing the video game. Yeah. <laughs> and it's okay. kind of like a role playing game where I would be like some sort of like. Uh, Either like a creature, or like a knight, or something, and maybe Matthew knight or like an elf. And Matthew will be like kind of controlling the character, and I'll be identical. And he'll to his have the props, and I'm kind of holding oh, them okay. in the air. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So it's like a VR uh, sketch. Yeah, and also that would be that's that would have like a, a new twist that we've never had to prep for before, which is uh, choreography. Yeah, that's a lot. right choreograph that whole thing especially if one of you has a vr thing on your head yeah like maybe you can't see yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) that'd be cool that'd be fun because i feel like you guys in your humor like there's no physical choreography yeah there's like like your physical choreography is like pulling a thing out yeah yeah yeah. it's more about props than actual movement right that would be cool i'd like to see that see what you guys come up with yeah yeah i it's uh it's one we've been very excited about like that that comes up in conversation more than more than a lot of (laughs) other things so do you guys what's your writing process like do you guys just like have like a like some days that you're like this is our writing time or do you just kind of spur the moment like talk about ideas or I feel like the week of will be like, what what time in the next week do you want to write? And it's like, oh, well, Tuesday afternoon works for me. Mm, yeah. And then Tuesday afternoon, it's like, great, let's get started. And we just uh, kind of get down to it. I feel like we throw out a few ideas and then we just get right into like shaping it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And okay. between the two of us, I think it happens pretty fast, like the development of what we're ultimately going to do with the character for the most part. I mean, there are some that were like very hellish to write. But yeah. What were the hardest ones to write? Mike Modem. I, that's yeah. right. I, well, because like Mike Modem. So so I feel like when you come Mike up, Modem. I, this this episode is like a like it's funny because this episode is discussing something that's like a universe of itself in live per, like live yeah, performance. Yeah. So yeah. it's like for listeners, you're gonna have to go to New York City and you're gonna have to go to a bunch of these shows for you to ever out. understand yeah. what, what the heck Mike Modem is. <laughs> I mean, we could kind of break down a little bit of what goes on a little more in Mike yeah. Modem, I guess, before we get into that. Okay, which yeah. Is, He's supposed to be kind of he's a mix of like I think originally he was more based on like uh like Rick Deckard from Blade Runner. Okay. And then over time he kind of just became Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, but he's generally supposed to be kind of like a parody of like I guess mostly 80s, but just kind of like sci-fi protagonists, you know, some sort of grizzled man from mm-hmm. a terrible future. Yeah. And yeah. that's sort of where it started. And as we were writing it, we got so kind of like tired of it. Like we have no clue where this is going, what the funny thing is going to be, why right. he's coming back in particular. Cause we'd written all these details like about his, about the future he comes from. We had no clue why he was coming to the past. Right. And that was like the biggest roadblock we've ever hit in writing. Yeah. And it was partially because a premise with no punchline. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. It was because of that. And also usually when we are writing a character, it's like we're writing it right when we come up with the idea and we're very excited about it. Yeah. But this was a character we'd come up with months before. And then there was a show we wanted to uh, do later that week. And it's like we're mm-hmm. writing this for this. Yeah. But we're not excited about it at this moment. Yeah. Gotcha. So we just ran out of steam so fast while writing that. Mm-hmm. 
Interesting. So what what what'd you do to kind of overcome the obstacles? Did you just do Mike Modem for a month straight just until you figured it out? <laughs> well, I mean, by the end of like the second time writing it, we were able to kind of overcome yeah, that. And by the second it. session, we just came up with the ending, but it like took the longest yeah, out of just, any of our uh, characters to write. Yeah. What what was the, do you guys have a character that was just like the cleanest, like straight front to start to finish? Just no problem. What would you say? I, I'm not sure. That's why I'm looking to you. I know. I, I, I don't, I honestly am not sure. Well, I mean, so there's definitely yeah. things that there are characters that have been really, really fun to write. Yeah. Oh, I know. I actually I can think of one. And yeah. that's the uh, the hot dog vendor. Yeah. That, that one, one was a pretty that was like over two sessions, but it was still such a clean shoot. Like, yeah. I also think because that one, you know, has two characters, it was more conversational. We could literally mm. like converse and improvise and it would like end up on the page as to, like, you. you know, if it's just like a monologue, you're just trying to spit out words, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah. But the that also maybe that wasn't the easiest to write, but it was definitely one of the most fun to write. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I think some of the hardest I've laughed while writing was during the uh, was writing the yeah. hot dog vendor. I mean, I can think of the specific line. It's every that one. Maybe it's maybe just my favorite thing we've written. Mm-hmm. One of them for sure. There's just this one part where I bite into my own arm and scream like "ouch!" and for whatever reason that was it's it's so stupid and so cartoonish, and it I feel like our maybe this is true for us that yeah. both of our like first loves were cartoons and, like that kind of humor yeah it like shows so much in the stuff we're doing now like totally it's so silly so do you it's like do you guys have uh characters that are like your like it personal like this is my baby like this is my favorite that's a great yes. I mean, yeah in a little bit okay. like low-key what's yeah. yours jack i mean so because i like i wrote monsieur cigarette like mostly solo for part of it. it was the first one i did like in that way yeah yeah and also like that's kind of that character's kind of been on a journey because like when i first did it you know i wouldn't smoke real cigarettes because like it was indoors but then with covid and comedy outdoors i'm like if i'm not smoking real cigarettes it's monster cigarette like this is just fake like I also need to... for the listeners jack doesn't smoke cigarettes in real life it's just, just for the character just for the character, <laughs> just for the character. <laughs> all right maddie what's your favorite uh, it's Doctor Met, which is funny because I've only done it once. But yeah, it's partially because the uh, the head is very fragile, and so <laughs> it's like, an artifact. It's an artifact, so I want to be very careful with it. Like, right? Uh, so it's 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 a special occasion. It's the nice brandy, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but I love that character because we'd come up with it, or we came up with it, and then for like a month after that, it was like, what are we gonna do for this thing? And I just kept saying like, I want to do Doctor Met. Yeah. And Jack's like, uh, okay, if you if you yeah. want to, let's do this. Yeah. I was like, I want to do Dr. Matt. <laughs> I was so sure of myself that that was like the only thing, the only character I wanted to do for the next thing was Dr. Yeah. Matt. And so he was like, all right, let, let's do this, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the night you did Dr. Matt, like that was the most magical send off into quarantine that was, ever. Dude. That was literally like the night that was like COVID Eve, basically. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and for COVID, holy cow. Like basically a massive party. Yeah. It was <laughs> yeah. It was so much fun. The ultimate super spreader. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And for like the listeners, basically what it was was a uh a friend of one of our friends let us perform have this open mic slash show in her apartment but we performed in her bedroom, which was this like cute pink decorated bedroom. And we were performing to a packed room of people next door that like had, it had like French doors to an empty room. So it's just like, it was so cool and so tight. And there's so many people there. I hosted that whole show and I was literally standing in the corner of this tiny ass bedroom (laughs) for the whole show. Just like, 
bringing up people. It was like two and a half hours or something. It was a it long, was a blast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was amazing. And though. then also there was a full uh, a full birthday party happening like in the living room next yes. door. Yeah, yeah. Full birthday, <laughs> like we had to close the doors to the bedroom after a while because it was just like the first several comedians that went up. As an audience member, I basically couldn't hear them. Wow, I, yeah. I had no idea. I wasn't. In the other side of the, yeah. <laughs> the rooms. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, we were getting worried before, and or at least I was. I was like, people aren't going to be able to hear us. Like, yeah. we do enough moving around as it is. And Jack mm-hmm. didn't even, Jack did the lighthouse keeper that day, and like, he didn't even use the mic, I don't think. No. Did you? Yeah. I think, well, I mean, I didn't, but there, it's nice because there's some characters we have where we're like screaming, you know? And yeah. so, like, that's, I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. who even Lighthouse needs the keeper's mic? a screamer. Hot dog guy's a screamer. Foreskin, foreskin's like shouting in a way. Yeah. Like, it's like a very loud poem. He's kind of a carnival barker. Yeah, <laughs> I, that was the first night I saw you guys after like missing the first two just by like pure fluke. And it yeah. was like, fuck, I want to see these guys. And like Dr. Met, I was like, I really en- it was I, like the first one I saw. So you guys, you come out with this baseball head. And I was like, this is amazing. I, <laughs> I don't nice. get some of the references here, but this is incredible. And then the lighthouse keeper like that is probably my favorite low key. <laughs> Because I love when you're like talking about how angry the sea is or whatever, and the yeah. sea comes up and like taunts him and yeah, like yeah. <laughs> blows water on him and stuff. Like just the two person aspect where one person is just in a blue morph suit as the sea is hilarious to me. <laughs> yeah. I feel like even though, like, you know, we say we do like mostly characters, a lot of our stuff is low key. Also, just like, you know, we'll bring in the other one of us to be like a minor role in one of it. Or, yeah. Like just yeah. like we, we try to like not. We're not trying to like, because you know, even ta- I mentioned like I'm taking this UCB sketch class or whatever. Yeah, like, dude, there's so many rules. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so so like strict, and like we're not trying to like hold ourselves to those always. You know, I think yeah. that was that was a tough thing with me and improv yeah. was I was like, okay, guys, we're gonna play pretend, and it's gonna be <laughs> fucking hilarious. But also, there's rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do any of these things. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> It's just it's playing Dungeons and Dragons, but on the stage. Yeah, exactly. Like, you can do whatever you want, but also you have to do this. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, some of the rules are like, it makes sense why they have mm-hmm. them. Like the yes and is like, yeah, that's a great rule to follow. Yeah. But sometimes it's like when they're like, don't go for the easy laugh. I'm like, who the fuck are you to tell me to not go for the easy laugh? What yeah. if I want to make the dick joke that I know is going to crash? Yeah, like, yeah. Come on. I don't care if it's out of character. Yeah. <laughs> so. So, uh, Jack, you we we met in UCB yeah, 101, Improv yeah. 101. What other? Uh, so you're in sketch writing right now. Yeah. Have you are you have you done any other of the courses? I mean, I, I've done like I did one and two of improv, and oh, I'm okay. in the second sketch one right now. Gotcha. And uh, then Maddie, have you done any of the UCB classes or uh, any no. improv or sketch writing classes outside uh, of that? Uh, no, not really. As a uh, as like a child, because I I've been so involved in theater my whole life, except for recently. This is kind of the equivalent. Like doing characters is the the theater that I'm doing now. But like as a child, I took an improv class at like the local JCC. Okay, nice. That was gotcha. my introduction to like ah yes <laughs> and you say yeah. So you you like you kind of formulate the characters, and then Jack spends all the money and comes back with the research. He's like, here's the <laughs> notes I have. Okay, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, what have you taking like the UCB classes, like the improv and the sketch? Has that have you been able to like, take what you've learned from there and put it back into your characters? Like, do you have specific moments where you're like, oh, this is something we're missing? Or honestly, like, so I mean, it's it's more just like, oh my god, like 
what we've been doing in some cases like has like names to it and is like actually a thing like like you know like yeah. second third beats like you know the way sketches are written and like the oh game. I guess like oh I I can see how this is like sort of a game in a way yeah. or like right. this is basically just like a uh, you know a, yeah. a sketch and, like, yeah. the way we utilize runners things like exactly. that like, I'm sure. I mean, I don't take the class, but like, I'm sure it applies. Yeah, to totally. Mm-hmm. But I also think what the class is like also really provide is like it's made me write a lot more than I would be otherwise. Yeah. And I think that's what's low key going to help. Totally. Uh, a lot. Yeah. Writing is the tough one. Yeah. There's like yeah. Lee is always getting on my case. Like you need to write more. You need to write more. Yeah. And I'm like, I will go on stage and talk about a premise until it's funny. And then when it's funny, then I'll write it down. Yeah. Okay. I don't just write. <laughs> I don't just do this. It's not homework for me. Yeah. It starts in the abstract. Yeah. Exactly. It's, and ev- everybody's different, but like every great stand up comedian is like, you got to write a bunch. You got to mm-hmm. write a bunch. And I'm like, eventually I'll kick into gear yeah. where I can proactively write. But mm-hmm. for the most part, it's not happening. Yeah. So yeah. what's, so like when you guys are writing these things, like, how what kind of comes first do you guys think of storyline first and then kind of write the punches in later or do you kind of have like some punches in mind with like a premise and then you kind of back write the story like what kind of order do you go in yeah i think usually what you usually once we have a premise it usually comes with like when we came up with the premise we came up with a few jokes and that's sort of like gotcha okay that's like a fun starting point yeah we know we want to do you know, maybe this and this. And even, and even if those jokes don't make it into the final uh, character, we'll be like, okay, that's a starting point. And then from there, we'll start to kind of shape it out. And that's where the storyline comes about. You know, we try to do, try to insert jokes and, you know, find a way to keep it consistently funny with yeah. the storyline, which was hard. Especially, I mean, I keep thinking about Mike Modem because that was... Yeah. <laughs> You're like traumatized. Yeah. I'm traumatized. This one <laughs> character that I've done so often, like, I feel like if someone sees me doing it, it's like, oh, he loves doing this. Like, no, no, no. This is my worst enemy. This is my, like, this is Dark Matthew. So, <laughs> Dark Matthew. <laughs> it's, like, uh, it's like your hair shirt. It's like your, your punishment to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that surprised me when I saw a rat man and Mike Modem is I was surprised they weren't uh, competing to kill each other or like Mike Modem wasn't hunting down. <laughs> gotcha. The that man. they weren't connected. Yeah. 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 I, I feel like, I guess we set that up with the foreskin, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I feel like because our, because the foreskin foreskin thing, both characters relate to each other. Same with the hot dog vendor. And like, there are also times though, when like the characters will be completely different and not relate. And we just, and, you know, in addition to it just being fun to like write, you know, one-off characters, it's also just like, good to keep the audience on their toes you know like it yeah. doesn't always have to connect it doesn't because right then that way when we do do a thing where it's like matthew goes up to do some stand-up and then the hot dog vendor comes and it's even more of like a bigger wow gotcha yeah because yeah. if it's always connected then people it takes away the surprise of when the connection happens correct that yeah. makes sense yeah and that's also why we want to try and like find different ways to connect them so you mm-hmm. know we do one where one of us goes up and then another goes up seems like it'll be something different then it's connected Versus then another time we would do one where one of us goes up and then one cuts the other one off. Yeah. You know, try and find different ways to, I don't know, keep the form itself different. Mm-hmm. Have you ever like performed one where like one of you, like it's a connected piece, but one of you goes up and then you wait like two or three comedians for the second one? I don't think we've nah. done that. I think we've discussed doing that. Yeah. And it hasn't ended up happening yet. No, no. but that's, that's definitely an option. Like I totally want to think about like, and, and same with like, the hosts yeah that's sort of like how we wrote that yeah that's kind of most similar to what that would be like where there are runners you know as like different comics go up and like the characters do relate in some way and yeah 
it would be really fun to perform that pretty mm-hmm. soon. Yeah. So what? How much? Like for the hosting one, this is something I'm curious about. Okay. So having hosted shows, mm-hmm. like maybe you're doing so a lot of times I do like three or four minutes of top. I kind of keep it short. Yeah. And then yeah. maybe like a riff between comedians. We've yeah. got like five to eight comedians or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then like open mics, like I'll do like five up top and then riff between people yeah. for 20 to 30 people. Yeah. How much material did you write for hosting with these hosting characters? We wrote about, uh, we wrote about, like roughly three minutes for the opener. And then like, because that we the the structure of it is that I'm kind of the first host, like the yeah. opening host. He's the second one, so it's like three minutes up top for me, uh, that character. And then when I'm like, all right, you know, giving the mic over to the host for the second half, and it's him, and then he gets like, I have like, like a, two minutes, maybe like a minute and a half, like mm, not even. Yeah, not it was something long. like ninety seconds, and just then kind of. Yeah. And then we do have we do have some ideas like for like riffing in between and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is also some, there are like some props that these characters have, which yeah. also make it pretty funny, too. So it would be like a combination of it would just be some improv, Loki. That would be mm-hmm. some like probably the most improvising we've done with characters. Yeah. But like you have a good idea of what the characters are. So of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're very like so they're such they're, specific they're show busy. like they're, they're very like a type mm-hmm. of dude. Yeah. Did you do you have like room in your like time up top to do like like housekeeping announcements for whatever show you're at uh i mean there would be room to add okay. that like that yeah. could loki be kind of something to yeah something to think about there because yeah. one thing i've noticed is for our open mic like we have like housekeeping announcements and sometimes like i host the mic but sometimes lee will go up first and say the housekeeping stuff yeah and she gets a laugh from it because it's just kind of like our, our rules are ridiculous like <laughs> you don't heckle the neighbors if you see the neighbor close the door we yeah. have cats and then the third one is like, if you break anything, let us know because someone broke our toilet seat the first time we had the mic here and oh, didn't wow. tell us. We never oh. found out who did it. <laughs> no way. And it just became, it's become this like reoccurring thing where it's like, all we're doing is like these like ground rules for the mic and we still get a laugh from it. And I'm like, so this can be comedy too? Yeah, That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> comedy everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And there were, I mean, the, the toilet seat thing was so stupid, but yeah. it always gets a laugh. And there's like, whenever new people come to the mic, I'm like, yeah, someone broke our toilet seat once. They're always like, what? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, it happens. Yeah, I don't and know. it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> so, have, like, I think I would, it would be fun. I would let, I would probably let you guys, I'll have to talk to Lee about it, but I would totally let you guys try to host one of our open mics <laughs> to get practice in oh, for those characters. Thank you, thank you, yeah. Because I think one thing about hosting is it's so different yeah, than yeah. just doing the performance comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like the stamina involved is totally course, different. Like yeah. when you got, if if you are wearing bronzer and baby powder in your hair for one five minute shot and you get to take it off, you're good. But if you're spending 90 minutes in whatever makeup you put on, yeah. it's terrible. Yeah. I mean, we, we like, even kind of, I mean, this that's something something we talked about in designing these characters. Like, they're pretty comfortable outfits. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. we even like put them on fully and like hung out in the outfits for a bit, just having a good time. <laughs> like, like it's it's honestly pretty chill. Like, um, I remember like yeah. when we when we go and perform anyway. Like, it's not like we change out of the costume immediately. Like, we'll Sometimes be in the costume, but for the most part, we chill in them just to yeah. kind of like. So it's not immediately like right out of costume. Woof, you know. That kind of like, you know, yeah. try and have like a normal like, OK, now we're going to watch the other comics. Mm. We're going to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But I also do agree. Like, I would love to get some hosting experience, obviously, before really, you know, like trying to sell these characters for real. Yeah. But like, to be fair, what I think is going to help, like, be able to perform these for so long is that they have like such distinct personalities in a yeah. sense where like, 
you could like I don't think you could like sit and chat with like foreskin foreskin you know he would run out of things to say but these guys you could like go out to dinner with and like talk to and like you kind of know like a little more developed they're They're more based on real people they could be yeah they're maybe the closest we've written to real people so uh i think in that sense it'll be a lot easier than just being like oh like foreskin or like the sex men hosting like they it, it wouldn't really and i feel like that is just so like it would get old. Like these guys are a bit more refreshing. Like bring a nice kind of vibe to. to... A, they're a bit more of a type. You can, yeah. you can yeah. at least say like, okay, I know, or not maybe know someone, but like I've seen someone on TV who's like this. Okay, you know, wow. I'm like maybe we'll have this like scary arc of you guys love these characters. You get into it, start hosting shows, and then we can't get you out of character. Like Jack, Daddy, <laughs> exactly, you need to wake yeah. up. We become the characters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that's um that's an interesting one. Do you guys like in your time doing this? So do you, you mentioned uh Montessor cigarettes mustache? Do you have costume like no's, like don'ts? Um well so yeah, I would totally say so. I I think like those little tiny I cuz when I first was looking for mustaches, like I just got we live near like a party sh- like city or like yeah. a costume store last year and so like I was able to just pop in and get like a bunch of little mustaches and like they would not stay on. So that was kind of a pain. I also feel like wigs in general, like you don't really need them. Like fuck wigs. Yeah, yeah like, we haven't done anything with wigs. Yeah, I feel like it's come up in conversation, and every time we decide, like, let's not do wigs. Yeah, like wigs are a bit rough. Also, like, don't just buy like a costume and have that be the costume. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, I think we we decided that pretty early on. Like, yeah. with um, well, first with Monsieur Cigarette, we're like, this is not going to be. We're not going to buy a store bought like cigarette costume. Let's right. like, you know, cover morph suit and cigarettes, and yeah, then like. Yeah. With um with the foreskin costume, like yeah, they're like you can get a penis costume, but how funny would that be compared to like right? If you had like a homemade, you know, uh, uh, foreskin costume, yeah, it just feels a little more uh, homegrown. Yeah, Feel, it feels like there's more effort because there is, and it's mm. I think it adds something. Yeah, totally. I think yeah, it, I think it does too. I think it's like a little endearing. Too. Yeah, when of you course, guys, you, of course, especially so. the foreskin when you yeah. come, go when you first see it, you're like, is he a burrito? Like what? <laughs> what is he? And then you get you get up there, and it's like, oh, this is funny. Like the yeah. kind of like part of the shoddiness is like hilarious. Of course, of course. Yeah. Or like the the lighthouse keeper. Yeah, like with the, sure. the beard. Like the beard yeah. is so fake. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. So, <laughs> and like I I agree about the wigs. Honestly, mm-hmm. I did. Th- for two years of Halloween, I was Jesus, and I had like a long weed, <laughs> long wig, and then I went as Tommy Wiseau the next year. Yeah, and so I spray painted the wig black, <laughs> and then after that, I was like, I'm never doing this again. It's just I spend the whole day yeah. just like itching and like getting yeah. it out of your like it sucks. Also, I mean, we're dudes. It's not like you know how to properly maintain like a wig. <laughs> like, it's not something yeah. we're trained in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a toupee maybe. I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how that would fit over uh, a, a full enough head of hair it would be funny if you wore a bald cap with a toupee yeah. on top of that <laughs> i feel like we've I, i've definitely approached the idea of course before. yeah we were uh, that was something we had previously discussed which is i wouldn't want to do this now but like a few de- years down the line you know still doing this kind of thing maybe in an environment where it's a little more like where it feels worth it to commit a little more mm-hmm. i would definitely like want to do a character where like you know i roll up to the place and i'm you know maybe wearing a hat, whatever. And then for the character, I pull off the hat and reveal I like shaved a receding hairline into my hair just for that night. Yeah. You know, just for that performance. <laughs> for whatever the character is. Oh my gosh. That yeah. would full full send on yeah. that costume. <laughs> yeah, something like that. And then I would presumably, you know, shave my head. But uh, right now I'm enjoying having locks and I don't want to... <laughs> That's fair, yeah. 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 <laughs> don't go in right away. Yeah. Yeah, not yet. It's feels a little too early. Mm-hmm. 
Do you guys have any characters that you like planned that you ended up just scrapping that you were like, I don't know if this is achievable? You know, sort of, yeah. Kind of. I think there's one that comes to mind. Really? Which? It was the, um, there was one we discussed doing, you know, what it was, was for, um, we wanted to do a companion piece when we were writing Mike Modem. Okay. And we were like, what something that maybe could be kind of slightly thematically similar, like maybe something with technology. And we were like, what about a character who is just like a living cryptocurrency? Oh, yeah, yeah. We kind of <laughs> scrapped that. I mean, we scrapped that because it was just, it, we didn't have any jokes for it. It was just a basic idea. And then we couldn't come up with anything. And it's like, well, Jack already wrote this Ratman thing like the previous yeah. winter. Let's just, yeah, let's just kind of adapt that a little and use that. Also, um, you know, like, this that is still like on a list in a google doc somewhere yeah. right like we try yeah. to keep track of like most of the things we're coming up with and we look through but like most of the time it's like if there's a character that you know excites us it sticks we'll write it pretty shortly after we come up with it that typically ends up being the best stuff right i think at least right like whatever is just most fun and most exciting mm-hmm. to us at that time but like also kind of like looking down the line like you know, Matthew describing like shaving his head and stuff. This semester, I'm taking like a special effects makeup class at oh, NYU. Oh boy! And they're sending me like this kit, so I'm like, maybe if I learn some insane like scarring skills and like weird makeup stuff, yeah, we, we like, want to try to apply some like special effects. Yeah, we could yeah. level up the production quality a bit. That Speak- would be super sick. Speaking of, I know there's one element for one of our performances in the future that we want to add, and is, I know is we want to play with puppets. Oh yeah, dude. puppets. Yeah, yeah we want to play puppets with puppets. Would be so sick, honestly. Like, <laughs> I just I love puppets. Too. Yeah, it would I, be sick. Okay, so yeah. would you be a character playing a puppet, or would you just be doing a totally separate like puppet show type it, deal? It wouldn't be a ventriloquist act, but I'm thinking like uh, some like more Muppet style puppets. Yeah. That kind of thing. We definitely have some ideas for what that would be. Yeah, we have some like loose premises where it would also be like the two of us and a puppet, like kind of doing like a thing as well. So it's like <laughs> yeah. a trio at that point. Yeah, two ideas. We got a I, one of them. This isn't our most uh, like one. The one of the ones we're really thinking of for the puppet thing. But like one of the first puppet ideas we had was a uh, a Beastie Boys cover band. But we we could only we couldn't get a third person. So the third Beastie Boys played by a puppet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, so that I would, like that. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was like kind of the one of the OG. That was one of the first ideas, puppet yeah. ideas, and now we have like we have something like five different puppet ideas. Yeah, we also just... had like a puppet anthology thing where like maybe like there was this idea where like we would go to like a micro show and then like the puppet would perform and then like we would have a rivalry with him and like then he would outshine us or something over like the course of three shows there'd be and, like this arc and then ultimately the puppet would be we'd go up and the puppet would be in a costume playing a character yeah yeah like taking our shtick essentially like <laughs> so yeah. you design a rivalry with a puppet like, yes. yeah, yeah 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 oh yeah <laughs> that was like basically one that was that, that's one idea that is amazing <laughs> <laughs> and the, like the thing what's funny about that to me is to pull that off you have to have an audience that goes to the same yeah, thing yeah. three times in a row. So it almost would only work at an open, open mic. mic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this is so specific, but like the payoff would be so good. Yeah, that low key. You're right. That's like the only context that would really I, work. Because like, I would love to watch beef between two real comedians and a puppet. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I, I was gonna ask you what you guys had prepared for the future, what your plans were with it, but like that's a, I like that. <laughs> yeah, there's like that that's one for sure. The we'd VR also... guy, and there, there's just like a list now that it's we essentially list. have. And like literally this past semester, I've started keeping like voice memos and stuff. Like whenever we yeah. come up with something like 
quickly just like record it and then look through it later. There and are a ton of voice memos that we, yeah, we have not even looked. We haven't even yet. gone back through them. We need to just like, <laughs> like take a day and really look through some shit. Just Write them down. See if we can adapt anything or if anything fits into something else. Yeah. Wow. But it also be the ideas are so like disjointed because yeah. it's not like every idea we have is like this would be a great character like. We were like just last night we were riffing and we took an audio recording and the char- the idea was like a funny attribute for like a sitcom character. Like it's so non. Yeah, uh, it's not even a character. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, it's so not anything that we could use now. It's right. Like, this is for the bank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a good way to put it. I've, I think every comedian has those two where it's like. Sometimes you just find like four words that go in a row and you're like, this is so good, but it doesn't go yeah. anywhere. Like <laughs> that's yeah. like most of like a lot of my phone notes are like that. And yeah. there's, there's one of my phone that is I'm the Grinch in real life, bitch. I will finger the fuck out of you. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's a punchline for a joke that has not yeah. been written, but I like the way that sounds. Yeah. Like I was just like watching the Grinch this Christmas and was like, okay, I, this yeah. is like a weird, funny thought I have. So <laughs> sometime it'll be stuck into something i don't know (laughs) there's definitely like now the question of like is this a joke is this for twitter do i just save this like what (laughs) is this a sketch in and of itself right like yeah i feel like every form of thing sometimes Mm -hmm. it's like this is just a uh this is just a like a movie idea this is a broadway musical like it's (laughs) yeah yeah wow so let me ask you this so all of what you've performed so far has been at open mics and like comedy shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think your um like your character thing, what you guys do, do you think that lives solely in live performance, or do you think you guys are gonna break into like digital content at some point? Uh I think I think we'll probably break into digital content. Actually, pretty soon we're gonna be working on a uh a sketch we plan on shooting with one of mm-hmm. our characters that we've been performing live. Yeah. And we also did shoot a sketch like that. We're still editing. So we're obviously like, you know, playing around with that. Cause like, you know, I think when we do perform live, there's like a consistency of like, Oh, these are kind of there. Like, like you can kind of hear our voice a bit clearer yeah. in that. But like from the sketches we've done so far, I feel like we're still trying to figure out what that like really looks like although yeah, like is, how our voice adapts to something exactly right like yeah although it is so fun to just like you know write shoot a sketch so i don't know we're just seeing what sticks at this point but yeah totally going to be mm-hmm. doing some more digital stuff yeah uh, especially because it's like in the winter like things yeah. so few things right you know you know are happening right now it's, mm-hmm. i mean it's freezing out yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's so fucking cold <laughs> do you so you mentioned earlier, like having like kind of like an ideal venue to kind of perform these types of mm-hmm. like characters at. What would be like an ideal like show or like theater type situation where this kind of thing would be welcome? What, what kind of like if you could put together a whole performance structure? Yeah. Would you guys like do you think you'd be at more home at like in like sketch shows or like peer stand up shows or like a mixed media like kind I, of variety style shows? Or? I feel like it definitely does shine in a way among stand-up in the sense like say you have a bunch of stand-ups and you need something to break it up like yeah. we kind of provide that value and it's like pretty fun and refreshing but like i do think it would also just be great in like a variety setting and that yeah. kind of brings up opportunities for like runners and even in like a sketch show you could just throw in like a character performance like you know we really have yet to do either of that but right. i don't really see i i think most ideal though would be like in a show where other different stuff is happening, right? Mm-hmm. To really keep the audience on their toes. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. we, we were on that show that like Alex put on and like there was some clowning too. And yeah. like, 
it, it was really just cool to be like a part of a thing where it's like yeah, not just music going on. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, definitely something something with a lot of variety. Something mm-hmm. where I don't know, maybe like different kinds of like alt comedy, that kind of stuff. Where yeah. di- like where there's a certain level of like uh like the form is kind of varying between the acts. Yeah, I I find that like like the squatters mic for me is like perfect yeah mix. yeah like I, I like stand up heavy but with music and additional things like mm-hmm. it's kind of refreshing like yeah like if you're at a comedy show for like an hour and a half sometimes you're like by the end you're like all right even though this is the headliner i'm kind of over yeah. just comedy like yeah. but like when you have that music or like you also, guys do like musical things. comedy people like um at those yeah. uh early squatters i guess shout out to two tree hill because they're Facts. still super funny They've been killing it yeah. two tree hills yeah. i love two tree hill. i i should try to get them on here at some point but Dude, they're they're yeah. amazing yeah. like their yeah. tiktok i'm like you guys just crush it i know like, it's yeah. so good the concept is so clear and they have such good chemistry and yeah. they just they just make yeah. so much shit they just started <laughs> out up that new web series it's very funny if yeah. you've seen uh Oh shoot! I already forget what it's called, but it was very fun. <laughs> Shout out to Two Tree Hill. Yeah, because <laughs> it's like they made like it's like that new show they made where it's like they're in like a bedroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's good. Yeah, so check out Two Tree Hill on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok. No yeah. one uses Facebook anymore. It's crazy. <laughs> Facebook just owns it all. Check yeah. check them out on Friendster. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you can download their music on LimeWire. Uh. <laughs> oh my god. So. Uh, what were so you mentioned that you were on a few shows this summer? What were the shows you were on outside of like the friend group shows outside of Alex and Zach? Yeah, um, we were on like Training Day Comedy, uh, mm-hmm. NYC is Dead. Um, what else? I mean, it wasn't too many. Yeah, I think that. those were the big ones outside of like the stuff like, our friends you know, were putting on. You how know? did you? How did you guys get connected to those ones? Uh, we just showed up to their mics. Uh, oh, okay, and... that was with NYC is dead. We showed up to those mics. Yeah. Oh, and then yeah, Jared Waters saw us at that one we did. You know, you're taking photos on uh, Zach's rooftop, or yeah, 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 that yeah. was at one time. You know, yeah, Jared Jared saw us there, and so okay, yeah. yeah. And we also ran into him at like another thing, and he was like, "Y'all should totally do." We the ran show. into him at uh, at NYC is dead. That's right. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So yeah. he's super cool. He's yeah, really yeah. Nice he's dude. like a total king. I love Jared. Yeah. So that that's cool. So you just had the like people like pick you out and be like nice okay so yeah that's good how did uh how did how have like how do the audience react to your performance those that those shows that are very stand-up heavy yeah i thought it went pretty well yeah i think both shows it went pretty well i i'm trying to remember i feel like uh a lot of the um oh you know what at nyc is dead there was um that was an interesting one because that was the one where uh jack went up as um as the foreskin yeah yeah and did you was that the one where you bombed? Okay, so yeah. So so get this. Like basically, you know, we we go to their mic before, you know, even really knowing they had a show mm. or whatever. And yeah, I did like literally five minutes of foreskin, foreskin, like for five yeah, freaking five minutes. minutes. And then and, I went up to And I yeah. well, so I completely bombed. Yeah. I like completely bombed. Matthew goes up and he just knocks down all the pins I laid up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so and so afterwards they come up to us and like, yo, that's really cool, that's really different. Just like cut some of the foreskin, foreskin stuff, and we're like, <laughs> yeah, like, get it to be five minutes total. Yeah, get it to be like five, seven minutes total. And yeah. so we're like, okay, great. And so you know, it ended up going, 
it ended up going a lot better at the show. I mean, I still like basically bombed, but it was a minute of foreskin, foreskin instead of five. So yeah, Matthew still knocked down the pins, and then after us, like less is more skin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> got a lot of skin in the game. Yeah, yeah, but like even after we performed, like Aton and Drexen like went up and were like we saw these like they kind of explained they they had to address it they they had to address it basically public service announcement what you saw wasn't an accident we meant to put them on the show (laughs) yeah yeah well also that was them putting us uh on their show was basically the second time we met them so we met them once and then uh they put us on their show and so on their little uh, promotional thing they put on social media, we're labeled as the foreskins. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw <laughs> yeah, that. We were yeah. just like, It's yeah. like, all right. <laughs> it's kind of a giveaway. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. So, sure. Okay. We're the foreskins. Yeah. yeah. You guys should have shown up as like uh, the rat man. And <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And dark Maddie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My shadow form. Sure. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> That's cool, though. I, I think it, it's like I was really stoked to see when you guys post those flyers. I'm like, fuck, yeah, these oh, guys are getting you. out thank there, you. getting on shows because it's just different. I don't know. Yeah. I, like there's only one time I've ever seen someone do something to what you guys do, like in person in New York City. And I was at a lantern open mic and the guy was like pulling names. and He goes, OK, and then next up is going to be um, a pair of pants. He's like, OK, well, a pair of pants is next, whatever. And then when he calls, okay, coming to the stage now, pair of pants, this guy runs in from the back and he is wearing like the most enormous pair of pants I've ever seen. (laughs) And he's cut it in such a way that like his mouth is like through the zipper (laughs) and they're like stiff. And he's like basically like a six foot tall pair of pants and he's just doing pants jokes. That's amazing. (laughs) I never found out who it was, but I was like, that was incredible. And like the, the room was like silenced, but I'm like, you guys like this is so funny like, that's that's beautiful the commitment yeah <laughs> i feel like that's a goal of ours is to meet that pair of pants i know seriously we need to find the king yeah i, I should i mean i feel like if i put out a story someone could lead me some clues but i yeah. also feel like with like the comedy open mic scene in the before times there was people who would show up once do something weird as hell and then, and then never gone never to again. the wind yeah, like, yeah. i mean low-key part of me feels like in an alternate universe that would have been us you know yeah, like yeah. pulling up doing monster cigarette maybe one of their characters and being like eh, oh, okay peace like you know <laughs> what kind of what kind of roped you in to keep going then i think the first one was just so fun and then we i think it was was it the foreskin idea first that made us want to do it again or was it was it like us wanting to do it well, again that made us come up with the foreskin idea? Do you remember I think, that? I think it was kind of like we had, like, you know, we did the first performance. We had the idea for a foreskin character. But then, like, the idea of the foreskin hunter character, like, what if we did, like, an Elmer Fudd, like, twist kind of thing? That really, like, thinking of ideas, like, coming up with stuff like that, like, really, you know, yeah. made, motivated me as well. And, like, what was even crazier is the first time we did the foreskin thing, it was at this, like, really intimate mic, like, pre-COVID, yeah. where the theme was, like, it was like called porn Mike. It was like a porn theme. So everyone just changed their set to like, yeah, we didn't and even, we didn't know that that was the theme. It worked oh, out. No. Wow. So it just kind of like ended up being awesome. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. I was, I was bummed. I didn't go to that one. I forgot what I was doing, but I was like, Oh, I'm not going to go up tonight. And then, and then the very same, uh, like a more recently, there was another, uh, open mic from the, uh, from the same host, Lily, where she did another yeah. themed mic. And but the theme was kind of given to us later. We'd already started writing what we were doing for that one, and that was like a uh, like a one time set. We figured this is a sketch we want to shoot. Let's like write it as a uh, as a monologue. We'll do it at this kind of intimate mic. Yeah, 
give it a test, and then we'll never do it again live. Right. And so we were writing it, and thematically it has to do with like talking about your exes. That's sort of the theme. Yeah. And then Lily's like, oh, by the way, the theme is like bad exes. Yeah. Oh, so, nice. So it's twice really in weird, a row, yeah. just the theme is per- is already what we were doing. You guys are like the Simpsons writers. You're just writing the future. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And then and Kamala's going to wear this exact clothing. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we're kind of winding down here to our last like 10-ish minutes. What do you guys have? Like, I'm curious about this. What is the teamwork dynamic? Has has there been any lessons you guys have learned working so intimately on a project with someone else for yeah. so long? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, honestly, the my, one of my biggest takeaways is like, it's just so much easier to write with someone else. Like, I'm yes. going to be honest. Like, yeah. it's just sitting there like alone trying to write a sketch. Like, I have to like, pull it out of me but yeah like, we kind of just have like some fire chemistry where we're able to just like pop stuff off and mm. we were chat- even chatting yesterday about how like the stuff we write together sounds so different than like the stuff we write with other people or even by ourselves and like yeah it's just like a good sort of flow and i think like being able to maintain that and like kind of accept it is something that i've learned mm-hmm. yeah and we've also i think uh kind of being self-analytical a lot of the time has helped us kind of develop what our what our individual strengths are a little bit yeah like i think before we kind of figured them out and outright said them we mm-hmm. were a little less aware and maybe didn't know how to exploit them to our benefit a little bit but now yeah. we know like what each of us especially brings to the table yeah mm-hmm. so like uh for example jack's like like huge thing that jack like really contributes that i don't contribute as much of is like jack knows spectacle mm-hmm. like all, all of our prop stuff designing a lot of these costumes things that are like Jack, like Jack's very big on like what's the audience going to remember from right, this? right you know what I mean like the big the big takeaways like yeah. that's I feel like what Jack can like really bring to the table that I'm like I don't think about that as much you yeah. know yeah but I, I I feel like Matthew though is like like say we are writing and we're like in a mic modem situation we're like fuck like because often is as fun as it is right like we always get stuck we get and, some, and it's it's yeah, pretty we get tricky stuck somewhere like, basically every time even even if it's sometimes very brief yeah, yeah and matthew was always able to like pull a funny line out of those mm-hmm. moments and keep it going and like just you know keep the ball spinning because i could just sit there for hours and not write anything but like matthew is just so good at like on the fly like here's the next line here's where this is going mm-hmm. like just keep it moving you know nice that's yeah. cool that's like a good like thing that's a good back and forth for sure yeah. Do you guys have any challenges that you that you know that like writing between the two of you? I the I feel like not really. The closest thing I can think of is I know I have a tendency to want to like I feel like for maybe a month or for a few weeks I'll get like one joke stuck in my head and it's like if if we don't include that joke in the first thing we write since I come up with it, I'll kind of try to insert that joke everywhere yeah (laughs) and it's like it'll never really like our first month of writing together we wrote like those first three sets of characters and it wasn't even intentional but i kept trying to like insert references to traveler's checks to what like Like a traveler's check oh like the object like the object traveler's checks (laughs) like all three of those writing sessions where we wrote like pairs of characters at some point each time i was like and then maybe they pay with like a traveler's check. <laughs> but there was another one more recently too. There like, was a more recent one. I don't remember it. Do you? I don't remember it either. But it was some obscure thing. Like <laughs> I just, I really wanted to. I, I think I, I think I just get a lot of things very stuck in my head. Yeah. And Jack has to kind of be like, let's hold back or let's not. Yeah. And it's always the right choice when Jack says not to. But mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of like, well, but we could include it. We could. Maybe maybe they pay for the 
maybe they use a traveler's check to get this and like move the story forward and I try to justify mm. it. And it's like, uh, no, we don't need to do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For me, I feel like probably one of my biggest faults is just like trying to throw in too much random silly s- spectacle. Yeah. Like sometimes it'll be like, you know, we have so many props for like the vaudeville sex yeah. guys. Like a yeah. lot of the times I'm like, and then there's like a hat on a hat on a hat on a hat. Like, like, like just like <laughs> the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, like yada, yada, like trying. But like, honestly, in a lot of these cases, it's like you were saying, like less is more skin. Like you want to have like, yeah. just <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, you just want to have a, uh, maybe one great insane prop yeah. instead of trying to like, have everything you know yeah i'm trying I mean, to remember with foreskin foreskin i could swear or maybe it was with the uh lighthouse keeper when we were first writing it you when you came up with like uh we like were working on it a bit and then you had a class later that day so we're like we'll meet back up later you came back and you came up with like our big ending for the lighthouse keeper and that was <laughs> oh, yeah. like wow that's you know so glad you came up with that and then I think the next day you came up with like another big thing and it was like all right we yeah, were good we, we were too good much with that last yeah time. yeah <laughs> we're like we're Let's hold back a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Double ending. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was it? It was like you. It's like eating tuna live on stage, and then it was some other big thing at the end. I don't even remember. I forgot the other big thing, but it was something equally like disgusting something or also large. Huge. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. You definitely ate a, t- a can of tuna. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that I, one I, happened. I have yeah. eaten like two cans of tuna at this point at live comedy shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lighthouse Keeper is yeah. a good one because we can both sort of play it and like we both had our fair share of tuna slash trying to open the tuna can. Uh, like. Yeah. It was, at a, it was at one of uh, your mics where mm-hmm. I, I couldn't open the tuna can at the end. I think the tab ripped off. The yeah, tab just yeah. tore right off and I just went, ah, fuck. And then I walked off stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, normally I have a final question for everybody. It's kind of the same, but I'm going to change it up for you guys. So I'll, you guys can answer individually. How has doing this, like art from this character as a sketch kind of thing, how has it changed you as people? Mm. Yeah, I feel like it sort of changed me in like, now that I kind of have like this sort of outlet. I mean, I always, even before doing this specifically, like I would kind of consider comedy like, you know, my, like a way to sort of express myself and like, mm-hmm get things out like say kind of what i want to say to some extent i feel like this is the first time i've really like gotten this close to finding my voice in such a specific medium like sure i was doing stand-up doing a bit of improv but like i wasn't really like on the level i am with this right so now i that i kind of have this way to like you know channel some of my Mm -hmm. more of my creative thoughts like i feel like now i'm just overall a bit more like balanced like yeah i can i and and in some ways, like there have been times when it stressed me out, but like it's much better than being stressed out over like shit I don't care about, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. What and, about you, Matthew? Uh, for me, I think it's uh, you know, because I in like middle school I wanted to do comedy, and then all of high school I was just like, what I want to do is filmmaking, and yeah. I, you know, and it's like I still in my life have this huge like love for film, but kind of diving into comedy in this way has made me realize like the level of uh like ambition and like confidence that mm-hmm. i have in myself doing what i'm doing right now is like way bigger than i ever felt when i was like my goal in life is to be a director totally like so i'm realizing like maybe this is more the the route for me because i just yeah. i feel it more in my bones i'm just kind of like mm-hmm. this is what i'm doing now it, it it feels more right and that feeling a higher level of ambition just i i think it it boosts the confidence a lot yeah 
So that, I, that's really great. Totally. I think when I started stand up, like in my first year, I was like, I am like 80% more confident as an individual. Yeah. Just having that thing that you can practice and that you love and that you want to keep doing, just yeah. like, it's the best. Yeah. And also, I think like doing like a comedy art form versus like directing is like, you can't practice directing. Yeah. Really. That's sort mm. of what made it so like, uh, like I'd, you know, I'd maybe like write something or like a short film screenplay. And then once in a blue moon, I'd get to direct it. Right. And that would be fun, but it wouldn't, most of the time I wasn't doing it. There's, there's no way to have that continuity going. Right. Yeah. There's some people that can just be always directing. Like, I, I don't know. I have a lot of friends that are like, you know, want to be filmmakers too. Mm -hmm. and it's like, they can kind of do that. And I've never had that instinct to like always right. be making something in that way, the way I do now with comedy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You just get that, that continual feedback and like always improving. Rather yeah. Than just like, yeah. Oh, I did something for a month and I had to wait six months. Yeah. And I'm doing something again. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, thank you guys so much for coming on. This is a blast. I loved hearing about it. Yeah, Thanks thank for you having so much. Us. This was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, um, yeah, uh, check out uh, Jack and Matthew on Instagram. I will put all the links in the episode description. Uh, follow them. Come check out their live shows and laugh at their characters. Uh, that's it for today's episode. So thanks again, guys. This is a blast. And uh, quitters, we will talk to you again next week. You have a great rest of your day. Bye.